You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Welcome to 3AM. 3AM. 3AM, where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3AM is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? This is the 3AM Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. Just a group of friends. Tell scary stories. How was you guys this week? What's the best thing about your week? (laughs) I got nothing, dude. Everything's just kind of (laughs) like meh right now. Oh, it's it's quarantine, so it's like watching movies, watching TV shows. What are you watching? Watched Kill Bill. Ooh, might be my favorite Tarantino movie. I think it's mine too. One or two? One. Me too. I've been wanting to start Tiger King. I'm going to be honest. I have like 8% desire to watch it. I started it. I'm going off of what everyone else is saying. So I'm buying into the hype. What'd you think? I didn't like it. It wasn't interesting to me. Hmm. I just don't want to spend time with those people. (laughs) Plus, I kind of already know what happens now with all the memes that have come out. (laughs) Also, Kevin's here tonight hanging out with us. Hi, Kevin. Hello. (laughs) But anyway, my wife has, right before this all came out, she took a bread-making class. And it was actually a class on how to start your own starter or uh, your own sourdough and keep it alive. So a sourdough starter, right? And do you guys know anything about like making sourdough bread or about like starters? Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, the whole thing is just complicated. Like it takes time. Not only that, you have to get like the timing right. And there's like a science behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's these sourdough starters. Some of them are hundreds of years old. And it's really prestigious to like have a starter that's from that lineage, you know. And I, I never knew in, like knew about all that stuff. Kevin, do you know about sourdough starters? Sure do. Tell us a little. Um, so sourdough starters, the older they are, the more sour they are. And how you keep them alive is you just add flour and uh, water and to it every day or every other day. But as the bacteria grows, it keeps growing, and so you can split it off. And so you can start with one or one uh, starter, but then eventually have hundreds of them. And that's how you have the ones that are hundreds of years old, because they're just 
they're uh, broken off of the original one. So it's not like it's been, a, like that one has been alive for a hundred years. Just the one it originated from is like a hundred years old. Oh. And when I was 16, my grandpa gave me a sourdough starter that was 115 years old. Me being a stupid teenager and not knowing the value of that, I let it die. Oh my gosh. How much is that worth? <laughs> Dude, they're like coveted. There's they some are, from like the gold like, rush times. There's like cowboy starters from Jackson Hole. Like, yeah. It's like family heirlooms type. But like what are we talk what are we talking? Eight billion dollars, Sean. What? You threw away eight billion dollars. No, I don't know. For everyone out there, again, Kevin's one of our really good friends, and he cooks for a living. Culinary God is what he's known as. He's a chef. Yeah. Um, But your wife was experimenting with that. Well, she went to a class that taught you how to start your own, and so she's been baking bread, and it's just been delicious. So I've been having – I came in the first day she cooked some, and there was a huge loaf of bread, and I sat down and ate half of the loaf. Mm. (laughs) With what? Just by itself? No, like – Three cups of butter. Butter. Yeah. yeah. So it was probably like 10 slices of bread just right in a row. I don't know. But <laughs> along with that, she's baking brownies, cookies, cupcakes, fresh bread. And I've gained probably 15 pounds in like four days. <laughs> so I'm having I'm having a good time. Nice. My mom has been making bread for family and friends and neighbors. And on Sunday, they spent a good part of the day delivering it. But my dad... Who's so extra, loves his toys. (laughs) One of them right now is his drone. And he's been delivering bread by drone to all his neighbors. (laughs) Dope. (laughs) That's hilarious. My mom sent me a video of it and all the neighbors are laughing. I mean, it's very nice to be like socially distant conscious. (laughs) You just hear a Getting closer and you smell delicious bread. Ooh, <laughs> conflicting, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should I be scared or enticed? <laughs> Pretty hilarious, though. If a serial killer wanted to kill me, they would bake fresh bread. <laughs> I would fall for that so hard. So it's like not the baby crying at the door. It's just Hell the smell no. of fresh bread coming yeah. from your door. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bread's a beautiful thing. <sighs> Let's mm. do this, dude. You got a question? No, you said you did. Okay, yeah. Uh, I can't remember if we've asked this before. What movie have you seen over 15 times? Can I take it a step further and just do my top three? Okay. Can I just disregard your question? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nice question. Anyway, (laughs) fast food put. No. Okay, fine. What's I've seen like 30 movies over 15 times. I, I was a kid who grew up with a VHS tv in my room at one point that was like 10 inches by 10 inches you know which was huge back then and in the summer i would just play a vhs over and over and over and over okay so what (laughs) movies were they i mean the first one that comes to mind parent trap Lindsay lohan (laughs) (laughs) i have more class than you don't (laughs) or wait no damn it (laughs) sean uh Remember the Titans. I still watch that every once in a while, just as like a nostalgic trip down uh, memory lane. Nice. Uh, Jingle All the Way. Hey. (laughs) 
Don't touch the cookie. <laughs> Nobody likes you, Buster. Okay. So think of your favorite food group. Like like cuisine. Like dairy. You know, cheeses. Oh, you know. one oh. of the pyramid levels. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Or carbs, you know. <laughs> what? I just... Carbs, dude. I'm thinking all of the carbs that I would eat over all of the rest. Yeah. Bread, pasta, whatever. How much would it take for you to not eat those ever again from here on out? A lot. A lot? What is a lot to you? <laughs> a lot is my answer. Because, like, a $20 Jamba Juice gift card is a lot to me right now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's all relative. How baby. much would I take as a payment to never eat those again? Exactly. Oh. My favorite one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, damn. Well, like, you should have you you... started by saying, what is your favorite so we can voice it? And then be like... And then take it away. Okay. So, what? What, Sean, what is your favorite? My favorite is... Carbs, dude. Yeah, carbs as well. But carbs is mine as well. I specifically pizza, yeah. breads, pasta, donuts, cookies, damn, cakes, rice, 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 dude, rice is bro. What holding a, what my body else together? Eat? <laughs> Ramen, bro. Uh, I accidentally just looked over at Kevin, and we're getting judged so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's when I said rice, Kevin was like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> rice and ramen. <laughs> yeah, who the hell likes those? Okay, so how much would you accept to give those up forever? Yeah. Forever? Sub one mil? Yes. Like you'd do it for 100K? Yeah. You're basically going keto the rest of your life. Okay. 100K is probably my lowest. Kevin, I am broke, okay? <laughs> yes, I would do it for 100K. So if anyone's out there, <laughs> has an extra 100k lying around and wants to see a broke boy struggle hit me up it's so funny because it's literally just instant gratification or oh, a quality life, of life though a lifetime yeah of quality mm-hmm. see so, yeah, yeah. what i'm thinking about is how much i would actually save by not eating these things it would probably end up being 100k plus anyway well you're gonna spend it on other things like you're gonna find the best alternatives possible for the rest of your life and let's be honest, you'll probably live longer, be healthier, and be happier. Yeah, by eating yeah, that's butter a longer sticks life and without bacon it. the rest of your life. So it's like double win. <laughs> 100K plus I changed live my answer. Longer. Zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it up now. Um, dude, I don't know if I'd do it for 100K. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit higher for Such me. Such a fatty. <laughs> oh, dude, I love freaking food too much. Yeah carbs not eat carbs sean and i have uh, him and i are always sending like food porn to each other like on instagram so you heard right bro look at this grilled cheese (laughs) (laughs) sean is a psychopath in that when he's hungry or like dieting if you like look over his shoulder at his phone, he's just scrolling food pictures. <laughs> okay, Charles is on another level where he, he's so strict with himself when he diets. He'll it be, works. He'll be okay. He'll be in a, shut up. Let me tell. Let me tell it. He'll be in a room of people who are not dieting, and they'll be eating their normal food, which he is craving. And he'll come to you all timid and shy and whisper in your ear. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Um, but can I smell your food? <laughs> and if you agree, he'll <laughs> he'll exhale deeply so he can have the <sighs> deepest. 
<laughs> bro, I got lungs on me, dog. <laughs> He'll inhale deep the aroma of the food of which he cannot eat. And at the same time, simultaneously, drink water to fool himself that he's <laughs> filling himself with the food of which he's smelling. It works. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I li- I I do think I have extra sensitive nasal receptors because when so I'm you sniffing have a things, good sense of smell. That's another way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, extra, that's how bro. a normal human says it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like my description of my nasal. My nasal power is too is also extra, but when I smell food, it feels like I'm eating it. So I trick my body and drink water and sniff that mofo at the same time. My body's like, "Give me the damn food! Don't <laughs> smell it." I'm about to uh, copyright that and sell it. Hey, okay. <laughs> here's the thing: you said 100k. I say you have 50 years of life on you left. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> if we take that number. Okay. Well, if I'm not eating carbs, it's probably more like 60, 70, you know. Okay. We'll stick with 50 because <laughs> that's all my math brain can handle okay. right now. That's just two grand a year. To not eat carbs the rest of your life. That's not a lot, dude. Yeah, but it's all at You once. make two grand in. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to pay out in payments monthly. No, 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 no. I did not agree to this. <laughs> you just get a $30 into your checking account. <laughs> I would invest in a gun. <laughs> That's hilarious. And eat a lead salad. I got more in my Christmas bonus. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, I would still do it. I'd do it for a quarter mil. I think a quarter mil is the least I would take to not eat carbs for the rest of my life. It sucks because it's like I always feel bad for people who are on not only just on diets, but people who literally cannot eat certain foods and they go out, they always have to find a restaurant that can accommodate them. It's such them. a nuisance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know a, a, a guy who didn't have the best diet in high school and he's gluten intolerant, lactose intolerant. I don't know. He's like all of these intolerances. <laughs> yeah. One of my friends, Allie, who listens to us. Shout out, Allie. Shout out, Allie. Shout out. Uh, she has celiac disease. She can't eat any gluten, or she gets uh, a mad like infection, or lame. gets really sick. <laughs> yeah, it is lame. <laughs> but yeah, everywhere we go, she's like, "I wonder if they have stuff for me." <laughs> Dude, your life is just extra hard. <laughs> that would be hard. <laughs> a life without dieting and no uh, food restri- like dietary restrictions is just. Life on easy mode. Do you know what the real privilege in this world is? What? Not white privilege. <laughs> not brown privilege. Is that is that true, Sean? Not men I'm privilege. To hear what he <laughs> says. Okay. What? It's those mother effers who can eat whatever they want and still <laughs> remain metabolism shredded. privilege. F- high your metabolism. life, dude. That is the truest <laughs> blessings in this world. Facts. I would use that so bad if I had it. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is in that group. Where you can just fluctuate. My father's from Tonga, uh, island in South Polynesia, third world country. Moved to the States when he was 20, 21. He's now... Kevin's laughing at your father's story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people struggled, Kevin, and came to this country. Had to work to get here. <laughs> 
They weren't just shoved out of their mom on this <laughs> on this dirt. Who's laughing now? My father with his drone delivering bread. <laughs> Damn, he really came from <laughs> nothing. <laughs> now he's <laughs> Uber eats in air. <laughs> Uber air bread <laughs> to his neighbors. But Damn, that's a beautiful story. He stayed within 200 and 215, uh, 220 within the past couple of years. For the past almost 30 years, he's been in the States. And he eats so much food. He's worked in construction his whole life. So what was his, his favorite meal? Is, oh, his favorite <laughs> meal? He has a handful. One of his favorite breakfast meals is a nice bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay. And he cracks open no. a can of Vienna sausages. Nope. <laughs> Which my girlfriend's family likes to call a Vaini weenies. <laughs> <laughs> and he dumps the sausages Wahine. in his cereal. Sometimes with the juice. The canned meat juice. And he eats it simultaneously. He does that often. Growing he, up, he did that like once a week at least. He needs to talk to his bishop. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is the bishop. Oh, oh <laughs> Yeah. Another a one. real sick frick, my father. <sighs> real sick. Another one? Another like one. Like eating out back in the day for him when he first moved to the States? What he survived off of? Oh, yeah. When he first moved to the States and he his first job was Napa Auto Parts, making like four fifty an hour. Balling. Uh, his, one of his favorite meals was just gas station nachos. <laughs> so I have with those. Now that he makes buku bucks. <laughs> he still... <laughs> Once in a while, he'll go to 7-Eleven and get some gas station nachos because it... You gotta Reminds remember him <laughs> of a simpler time. <laughs> you gotta stay grounded, you know. <laughs> That's dope. Uh, Shout out, Dad. Uh, I had. I'm not gonna say who. I lived with this Maori dude. <laughs> All right, it's the fool who's giving us stories. <laughs> it's Zion. <laughs> but we were at a dinner once, and they had this huge spread, and they had done a hongi. Which uh, Maoris, it's how they cook in the earth. They had cooked a big, like, traditional Maori meal. They had a big feed. Yeah. Coming to the feed. Yeah, you're coming to the feed later. Yeah. <laughs> so, a big Maori feast or feed. And we're there. There's like a huge spread. They had cooked all this stuff. And he has a bowl and he loads up potatoes, meat, onions, uh, sauce. And they also had like dessert out. And he, gets a huge scoop of ice cream, throws it on top of it, <laughs> and then dips his ladle into stew and he pours <laughs> it on top. And he sits at the end of the table like this and eats this huge bowl, this huge bowl of just everything. And I was like... <laughs> shocked. <laughs> Bro, it all goes to the same place. He did not care at all. <laughs> Dude, poly food is one of my least favorite foods Fresh. ever. Bro. That's why I have more white friends than poly <laughs> friends. <laughs> okay, so for the viewers of the uninitiated, what is poly foods? Dude, it's super Dude, bland. polys love salad. But it's not even Mac like salad. Greens. Yeah, potato salad. salad. <laughs> <laughs> um... The food is so bland. Like they love tapioca. They love yams. I like tapioca and yams. They love boiled banana. Bro, I like these things. (laughs) Yeah. And then they add coconut milk to make it sweeter. I don't like coconut to begin with. Well, Mm. 
But um, I don't know. Taro, bro, the taro root. Taro's actually kind of good. <laughs> I, there, there's a few foods that I really do like, but they're Safasui. few and far between. Bonnie like Coco or whatever. What are they Bonnie called? Popo is great, Bonnie but Popo? I still rather. Bonnie Popo is like Samoan version of cinnamon rolls, but it's just regular rolls. It's like King Hawaiian rolls, and they put coconut milk all over it. <laughs> so I'd rather have a Cinnabon. So. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, they're laughing because, dude, that's what, got, that's what made me chubby. I used to be a small kid, and then my grandma brought home Cinnabon like once a week for like a year straight. <laughs> Just feeding your addiction. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like in sixth or seventh grade. I got super chubby. You hear grandma's car pull up outside. You're wrapping the belt around your arm. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway. Um, yeah. Polyfood. Not my favorite. Super bland. Uh, what were we talking about before that? Oh, just like his ice cream soup combination. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because of that, like. When they have something flavorful like ice cream, <laughs> they'll combine it with anything, you know? So, they have, like, I've watched my dad. We were at like Ruby Tuesdays when I was like 16. It just opened at the mall near our house. And he ordered like a chocolate lava cake. So, he carefully eats all the ice cream on top and leaves the, the soft cake and the, the lava center, you know? And he's talking to my mom. And while he's talking to her, and distracted, my little brother, who at the time was like four, is like stealing the the lava sauce from inside the cake and eating it. And he eats all of it and just leaves the cake. And my dad turns back around. He's like, hey, where's the chocolate? <laughs> where's my lava? Where's, where's the lava? <laughs> Not the lava lava. <laughs> and, and like most restaurants in Hawaii, they always have bottles of shoyu because we love shoyu. Shoyu is what is shoyu? Soy sauce. Oh, we put it on a lot of stuff. <laughs> rice, and everybody eats rice there. So I watch him as he grabs a bottle of shoyu and just pours it into the chocolate cake, and I'm repulsed. Like, what are you doing? And all he says is, "It's brown," <laughs> because the color of soy sauce and the color of chocolate. It, it's all the same, same, thing. same, yeah, same, same. <laughs> and watched him eat it. <laughs> Did he enjoy it, dude? I've seen that dude mix like milk and orange juice together. And <laughs> he's like, it's all, it's all going to the same place. You've That's heard? like an orange Julius, yeah. bro. That's, that kind of sounds good. <laughs> I, don't, oh, I don't know. It's weird. Oh, Your God. dad just has a beautiful way with the English language. <laughs> So anytime we visit Hawaii, like our favorite thing is just to hang out with DJ's dad because inevitably he just says some gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one time he's asking for a drink and I think had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> just asking for a root beer, yeah. but it came out as what? He's like, hey, uh, DJ, can you pass the Ruta, the Ruta, 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 Ruta? Literally for like a minute straight. And all of us just fall off our chairs <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Oh, I love it, bro. Yeah. Funny. Good times. Good times. I have another question, but... Okay, I have a confession, bro. For, okay. Just on the same tangent of gross things to eat. I'm really ashamed of this. Keep in mind, I was a latchkey kid, and you know what? I was just trying to fill my stomach, okay? But I would take rolls, and with my finger, I'd hollow those bad boys out. <laughs> Ew. 
Ew, stop doing that with your hands. <laughs> Ow. You nasty. <laughs> Once a proper cave had been formed in my role, I would go get Hidden Valley Ranch <laughs> and fill this bad boy up like a jelly donut. Pinch the opening shut. <laughs> Seal it with a kiss. And then eat the whole thing, and it would explode like a carbo gusher in my mouth. Dude, Dude, I used to do something similar. (laughs) I used to sneak into the pantry and take the ingredients I needed and hide under the kitchen (laughs) table. And you're a bandit baker, dude. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. I had a whole process going on. It was hot dog buns (laughs) and ketchup. And I would just color the inside of a bun with the ketchup like a book, <laughs> fill in all of the spaces, and I close it and just eat oh. ketchup bread. <laughs> it was like when I was like 19. <laughs> no. When I was a little kid, I would hide and do that. That and furukake. Do you know furukake? Is that like the corn? Japanese seasoning? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, like the Bro, green. I don't watch that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Furukake is like the the seasoning they put on rice. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, I would just like dump that into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you you probably had like two Mexicans on the island, so you don't. I don't know if you know this, but there's a thing called Lucas. Mm-mm. What is that? First of all, every Latino is obsessed with Lucas, bro. <laughs> and basically, what it is is like licking a battery. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. But what you, how you eat Lucas is some little Mexican kid pulls it out of his sweaty pocket and then makes a little pile on his hand and you just lick it out of his palm. <laughs> oh, it's just a powder? <laughs> yes, dude. It's, like, it's Mexican candy. It's just powder. That is, they it lick. The, is it the stuff they put on all the different candies? Kevin, come, can you want to come in and tell or no? What's Lucas? It's like a mix of like chili and salt and sugar and... Other things I don't really know, but it is so good. It's like an orange. <laughs> out of their hand, you lick your finger and you dip it in. <sighs> I grew up on that. You put it on everything. You put it on fruit. You put like apples, watermelon, pineapple, Ugh. everything. I've only had it given to me out of Mexican kid hands. <laughs> <laughs> on I'm like, okay, Sebastian, I'll, I'll eat this. No. <laughs> Sebastian had a limp. <laughs> Wait, you'd go in straight with your tongue. Well, you I was put four your years in it. <laughs> no, it was just like being passed around like a blunt. Like the, all these ten-year-olds, all just, licking it. They're just like, mm-hmm, nice. Dude. <laughs> Ew. Ew. You know? Everybody's just tongue blasting Sebastian's hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, that's Lucas. <laughs> Sean, do you have any weird things you used to eat? We said? didn't really have food. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> I'm like, ha ha, I was so, I had so much I would make weird things. Sean's like, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> Y'all had bread? Yeah, I remember that there was this walnut tree in our neighbor's yard, like at the back of those seven acres that I'd go climb and take walnuts and eat. Bro, you cannot eat walnuts straight. Oh, I'm my still gosh. alive. You're not supposed to? I don't think so. Why? Why? Maybe it's acorns. You have to boil acorns because they have tannin in them. Yeah, I learned that about they the have what native them? tannin. It's a chemical that's naughty for you. <clears throat> hmm. Did I had no idea? 
Sean's Hidden Valley Ranch was so hidden. <laughs> we couldn't even find it. It wasn't in his house. <laughs> that stuff was still hidden at the store, bro. <laughs> Uh, That's so funny. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's do this. Lay roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth and together we host Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together, we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here we roll a 20-sided die and see who tells us stories first. Highest goes first. DJ went, and it's a? Two. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. Oh. Dude, we've been getting a lot of ties Dude, lately. With these, you got to roll it more in your hand. Okay, I'll re-roll. <laughs> or, uh, Wait, do we have to both re-roll then? I can't see. Five. Okay, Sean. Eight. Yeah. Okay. So Sean, Charles, and then me. Cool. So you may remember a couple episodes ago, DJ talked about the medical journal, about how the voices in the girl's head, the diagnosis, saved her life. Mm -hmm. So goodbye. (laughs) One of our listeners sent us another story. They're like, you should check this out. And so I did. Ooh. Who sent it to us? Um, hang on one second. Let me check. It was sent to us by Excellent Movie Adventures. Oh, mm. nice. Our homies. Wait, wait. Yeah, that's our dudes. Mm-hmm. That's Tim. That's the podcast, Excellent Movie Adventures. Yeah, Tim, right? The mm-hmm. one who sent us the stories from before? Yeah. Dope. Yeah, yeah. So, Dude, thank you for sending that again. Yeah, yeah. So he sent a link to another podcast. That's called Short Stuff. Huh. And they talk about a case. Now, have either of you heard of Teresita Bassa? <laughs> nah, bro. Okay. No. So, did a little bit of research on Teresita Bassa, and I'm just going to kind of tell you the story in chronological order in kind of the way that the police found out about it. 
So the uh, police one day receive a report of smoke coming from a building. So they go and answer the report, and they find a body. Do you know where this is? This is in Chicago, I believe. Okay. Now, they find a body. The body is of a murdered person whose name is Teresita Bassa, and she's been stabbed with a kitchen knife. And sorry, trigger warning, she was stabbed in the chest, was naked, and covered by this mattress. Someone had put a mattress on top of her and lit the mattress on fire. And that's where the smoke report came from. With that being said, there really were no leads. The police didn't have any leads on who it was, except for she had apparently talked to someone just earlier and said someone was going to come over to her house to help her fix her TV. And they had found a note somewhere in the house that said something about theater tickets for someone with the initials A.S., but there were really no connections to anyone with an AS or with those initials. So without too much to go on, the case basically goes cold. They can't find anyone that she knows that has those initials. There was no no one who saw anyone else come into the house or leave the house or anything like this, and it was an apartment, sorry, so no one saw anything. So six months later, this case has gone cold, and the lead detective who was on the case comes in one day, And there's a note on his desk that says, call Evanston Police Department. So he gives him a call. Well, and it said, call this police department about the Teresita Bassa case. So he gives him a call, and they say, we need you to go and get a hold of Juan Chua. And they wanted the detective to know that that was coming from them, maybe to like give it more legitimacy or something Mm -hmm. like that. The guy gives a call to this Juan Chua, and Juan Chua says that his wife, Remy, had been possessed by the spirit of the murdered Teresita Bassa. So they have nothing to go off of, so they decide to, you know, give him an interview Mm -hmm. to basically ask some questions. So Juan says that in a trance-like state, Remy, his wife, told him that she was Teresita Bassa and told him who killed her and that the killer had also stolen jewelry and gave phone numbers for people who could verify the jewelry actually belonged to her. So all of this information. And then when she came out of this trance-like state, apparently she couldn't remember anything. Damn. But if she did, would she say anything? But that's neither here nor there. She couldn't remember anything about being possessed. So the police are skeptical, first off, but they had no leads to go off of, so they decide to follow up anyways. Now, the person that had been named by Remy, or Teresita Bassa, was this guy named Alan Showery. Sounds like a killer, dude. (laughs) Initials A.S. So they show up to his house, and they're like, hey, do you mind coming down to the station with us so we can ask you some questions? And he's like, yeah. And he just comes down willingly to the station to answer some questions. Now, when they do this, they're like, you're not under arrest, but they read him his rights anyways. They start asking him the questions and start to realize that his questions or his answers are starting to not make sense. Like, he said, yeah, I was going to help fix her TV, but then never went to the house because I forgot my tools and stuff like that. Huh. So... They kind of ask him all these questions, find that there are some kind of plot holes in his alibi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Then they go and speak to his girlfriend. And the question that they asked that was at the top of their list was, has Alan given you any jewelry recently? And she's like, yeah, actually. A couple months ago, he gave me a late Christmas present. Oh. So they're like, can we see the jewelry? And she's like, sure. Shows them the jewelry. They take pictures of the jewelry just to, you know, have that on record. Mm -hmm. And then they call the numbers of the people that had been referenced by Teresita Bassa's mm -hmm. ghost. Possessy. Possessy. And they verify that that jewelry belonged to Teresita Bassa. Hmm. Bro, at this point, you're the cops. What the hell do you think? Like, first of all, this is wild because you're going off of a possession. That's where you're getting your information. So you, how do you get a warrant for something like that? Would you still be suspicious of Renee, though? I would at first, yeah, for sure. Oh, I tried to do too. all the research I could to make sure there was or wasn't any connection between yep. her and Teresita. Right, right. So now, with that being said... Apparently, there was a connection. Mm. They And not between her and Teresita, but between her and Alan, mm. that she had worked at the same hospital that this guy had worked at and had just recently been let go. How closely? Uh, Do we know? They don't say, and they, it doesn't seem like they knew each other, but they had worked at the same location mm. with hundreds of people working there. So, But no relation to... Um, to Teresita, as far as we know. The late Miss Bassa. The late Miss... Mm. Yeah, exactly. So they take pictures of the jewelry, they get it verified, then they do arrest Alan, and they take him to trial. Now, the thing is, it was a mistrial because they were going off of... And we call to the witness stand. <laughs> the the possession of Teresita yeah. Bassa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the but, bailiff is like... <laughs> <laughs> but... In this process, and after it becomes a mistrial, Alan, when confronted with all of the evidence, maybe in one of the like evidence rooms in like a interview or whatever, he confesses mm -hmm. to the murder of Teresita Bassa. And then the judge of the trial, before it goes to a second trial, basically says, we don't know if it was a ghost or the spirit of Teresita Bassa that told you all of this information, but the police followed up on a source and they read him his rights. He answered their questions. He confessed, we're not going to trial. We're going to convict him. Whoa. And so he got 14 years for murder and arson and something else. Oh, theft. So 14 years, he only served like five. What? <laughs> got out for good behavior. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the only known case in U.S. history where the lead source came from something supernatural, apparently. Damn. Dude, if you are a ghost and you are not helping out with the investigation, <laughs> you are part of the problem. <laughs> You're lazy ass. Just haunting and making things creak. Could be For solving real. crimes. <laughs> Scaring people instead of like helping out. I'm with you on that one mm. for sure. But yeah, dude, I was reading the story. I was like, this is legitimately crazy. Like, you don't hear about this. Uh supernatural documented. Went to court case. You think her and the 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 doctor ghosts are homies? <laughs> Dude, they probably is, bro. Wow. That'd they be just, amazing. They just doing the good deeds from the other side. Hmm. <laughs> but anyways, that story is crazy. That makes me wonder how many cases out there. I'd be interested to hear if there's any credible cases solved by psychics. Hmm. Like you hear those cases where they consult a psychic mm -hmm. and they're like, 
Billy was taken away in a black truck. You know, so I wonder like how many of those pan out yeah. like they're yeah. solved by psychics. It's a good question. Hmm. So look into that. I wonder how many psychics they've reached out to and how many were just like flat out lies or jokes <laughs> like they were trying like For sure. the grim. <laughs> 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 oh, there's got to be some of those for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I thought the story was wild, though. Thanks to Tim for the referral, <laughs> sending the story to me. For sure. Dude, if you're Alan, you've got to be a little pissed that you got caught because of a ghost. Yeah. Like, gosh, <laughs> damn it. I thought it was airtight, dude. I thought it was got away with it. He also mm. messed up. Like, you just keeping the jewelry or giving it to your girlfriend. Yeah, obviously, you I mean, if you're committing murder, you're probably not thinking through everything. True. <laughs> well... True. There's some mental impairment there. Probably. But. Is that you? Yep. That's you a said fun you had one. two tonight. Uh, save it, dude. Okay. We got time. Save it, Sean. Yeah, you save it. <laughs> All right, so I'm up. All right, so this is another user submission, and it comes to us by our friend Sal, who goes by the name Spooky Bands on IG. So Spooky Bands is a musician and producer from Connecticut, and he moved out to L.A. Mm, dope. Oh, well, man. Um, I checked out some of his stuff. It's kind of dope. Dude, I dig it. Yeah. It's vibey. It, I don't know if this will offend you or... Uh, this is me trying to gas you up, but it sounds like it has like a G5-9 feel. Oh. G5-9 <laughs> records, like Suicide Boys. Oh, for some reason, I thought you were saying G6, like fly like a G6. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I did not hear that song, no. dude. <laughs> G59. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're right. I think it sounds kind of like Suicide Boys-ish, his voice, mm-hmm. the types of beats. I don't know. It's kind of cool, which we have our playlist, Black Noise, if you haven't listened to it. On Spotify. Sounds that encompass the brand of 3AM. but True. No, I I thoroughly dug it. And he sent in these stories, and I had a fun time with them. I'm excited. I looked in the DMs, and they were really long. <laughs> yeah. So, quantity and quality. So, this first one. A little background on Sal. Oh, this He's, is personal. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sal has always been into the supernatural, spooky stuff. It's always really intrigued him. Hence his name being Spooky Bands, you know. He's been interested in the occult. Like all, all these different subjects his whole life. He said, my grandpa was a religious leader in the 60s. And then he goes, okay, he was a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> he met his grandfather one time in his life. This is like hereditary vibes, dude. dude. Bro. <laughs> he said he's in the room with his grandfather, meeting him for the first time. He's 10 years old. And his granddad looks him up and down and says, says to his mom, you have a tortured soul. Uh, That's like all he said to him. Dude, this is hereditary vibes. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then he slowly sacrificed him to payment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, fast forward. That's just a little bit of background on him. He listens to a ton of like um, scary stories podcasts and he, and he found ours. So anyway, fast forward to 2019. He's moved from Connecticut where he grew up out to California, out to L.A. He's going to work at his family construction business. So he doesn't have a place to stay when he first gets here, but he has a buddy who owns a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And he's like, hey, dude, you can come by. You can stay in my uh, guest house if you want. And he's like, yeah, for sure. Like, perfect, right? He has a girlfriend who also doesn't have a house, so she moves in with him. 
And just to like paint the picture of this mansion, it's an old Spanish style mansion built on the side of a cliff. And directly below the mansion is a guest house, a patio, and a pool that's like on the cliff. So it's it's a pretty cool situation, right? So he ended up living there for like nine months. And he said one night he's sleeping in their bedroom in the guest house is directly below the master bedroom in the main house upstairs. And no one really ever lives there. Occasionally the landlord, his buddy, will let friends stay there for the night, but no one's up there, right? So he's in a deep sleep when he wakes up one night and looks up and groggily sees his girlfriend sitting straight up in bed. And he realizes she's been shaking him awake. And she looks terrified. And he's like, what's going on? And she goes, do you hear that? And he gets quiet for a second and he hears creaking upstairs. She goes, I think there's someone up there. So terrified, they both just sit there quietly and listen. And he said, it sounded like someone's creaking, walking across the floor. And he's like, well, could be the landlord. But he looks at the clock. It's 3 a.m. His words, not mine. And he's like, there's no reason he'd be up, you know, walking around at 3 a.m. Maybe he let someone stay here. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. As he's trying to like figure it out in his head, they hear a huge noise. And he said it sounded like someone was dragging a heavy ass couch or furniture across the wooden floor. So it's like, I don't like that. And they both just dead still terrified looking at each other because now undeniably there's someone up there. And as they're sitting there frozen in terror, all of a sudden he hears drawers and cupboards being opened and closed super fast. So just all over, like super fast. He said it sounded as if someone was late to a plane trying to pack as fast as humanly possible and get out of there. So him and his girlfriend are like, what do we do? They get up out of bed, go to the kitchen, grab a knife. And they start walking up the stairs to the main house. Get to the door, knife in hand. He puts his hand on the door handle to the main house, turns, opens. House is completely black, and now it's completely silent. So they slowly make their way over to the master bedroom where they heard the noise coming from. Mm, That's worse. They take a deep breath, and they go in. And it's perfectly clean nothing is moved no drawers are open there's no sign of anyone he said like it just simply didn't make sense to him they look around the whole house no one's there doors are locked nothing's there so he's like dumbfounded to the point where he just sits down on a couch trying to figure out what just happened his girlfriend who's a bit more spiritual on the spiritual side she runs downstairs, grabs her sage, her palo santo, <laughs> and she sages the entire top story. Next day, uh, his buddy, who owns the house, stops by after work like he does often, just to kind of like kick it, hang out. They're hanging out downstairs on the patio, just having a couple beers, talking, and he go, he's just like, hey, so uh, I heard a weird noise last night. He's like, And he said super nonchalantly, the guy was like, oh, really? Nice. Yeah, uh, like a ton of people who stayed here have heard noises before. 
And he's like, like what? And he goes, I don't know, just like creaks, moans in the house. Um, one of my buddies said it sounded like someone had professional movers upstairs moving furniture. And he's like, dude, we heard the same thing. We heard someone moving. It sounded like a couch across the floor. And he's like, really? Oh, <laughs> interesting. He said just like so cool, none plus like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't like that. And so he just seems like whatever about it. And he takes probably another sip of his beer and he goes, you know, maybe it's because someone died in this house. <laughs> and Sal's like, what a dick. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, yeah, like, yeah, someone died in this house right before I bought it. And he's like, dude, <laughs> you have to tell me everything. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's like no big deal at all. Like, um, I bought this house back in the 90s for a super low price, like insanely low. <laughs> and yeah, In fact, the, I don't remember paying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, like uh, and I, right before I bought it, someone died in the house. And he kind of just like left it at that. And Sal's like, okay. And uh, yeah. Next day. Sal and his girl are still pretty shook. Dude, I'm seeing this as a movie. Good. Day one. Ooh. And then big red letters across the screen. Yeah. And then you hear the sounds and they go upstairs. Nothing. Day two. Hanging out with the homie. Landlord. Someone died in your house. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Day three. Day three. Sal and his girl are still pretty shook. They're pretty scared. It's weird. And now that they know someone died in the house, there's an extra element that just they're uncomfortable with. So they're like, dude, let's uh, invite some people over. Let's not be alone. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) So they invite Sal's cousin, Sal's cousin's girlfriend. They're all kicking it. They're like in the room. They're all lounging on the couches, having beers, just hanging out. It's around 11 or 12 at night. They're chatting. They're watching old music videos. Just whatever. When Sal decides, because he, like us, probably can't help himself and thinks, you know what? I want to tell him what happened in the house they're sitting in. Right? Oh my gosh. So he's like, guys, do you want to hear what happened to us the other night? And his cousin and girlfriend are like, sure. What's like, what? Tell me. And he, he gets into it and he's sitting up. <laughs> you finna regret this. <laughs> and he's sitting there and he starts to tell him. So I wake up at 3 a.m. My girl's sitting straight up in bed and we hear a noise. As he is telling this, out of the corner of his eye, he can see this cabinet or table, and it has a Glade candle sitting in the middle of the table. And he said in the middle of his sentence, he sees the Glade candle go up four inches into the air. Oh, shit. Hover for a millisecond and just get tossed onto the floor and shatters onto the carpet. Like the candle's to his side. Like he sees it in the side of his eye. Oh, oh sh- so like, like from me to you, like from you to your bottle out of the corner of his eye, he sees it lift into the air, pause for a millisecond and then get tossed. What was everyone else doing? So he said his cousin is just staring at the candle. He's staring at the candle and they all look at each other in disbelief, complete disbelief because his cousin saw it too. They said they sat there in silence for like 20 minutes. Didn't know what to do. Dude, I have the chills. Like thinking of like somebody doing that, watching them pick it up and just throw it. 
What do you mean? Like, like if I were to visualize the ghost doing oh, it, you know? Yeah. Just like the subtlety, the silence, the just like in the middle of your sentence. And then if you and me were telling stories right here and all of a sudden this was just like, I would shit myself. Mm. I would die. Mm-hmm. And it's like so small, but just so in your face that it's like so unnerving. Yeah. Like something wants you to know, hey, I'm here. I can hear you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would just start banging my head on the corner of this <laughs> desk right here. Dude. Just put me out of my misery. Totally. Anyway. Next. Oh, day. Yes. Uh, Content. <laughs> I hate this. I love this. It's I, not done. I hate this. I love this. So at this point, you could imagine the state they're in. Mm-hmm. Wait. So they stayed. Yeah. Something's mm-hmm. happening in their house. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. So, would you stay? Where else are you going to go, bro? I don't know. Go to your cousin's house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least for the night. <laughs> Maybe they did. But the next day. They're, they're back. He, no, he's talking he's to talking. The, his buddy, the uh-huh. landlord, or the guy oh, who owns yeah. the house. And he's like, dude, tells him everything that happened and is basically putting it to him like, what the hell happened in this house? Because he, he, he was just being so relaxed, almost like dodging, like didn't really want to say details, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, all right, fine. How well do they know each other? Does they're he they're say? good buddies. They're like hmm. friends. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, he said he just like did not believe in supernatural at all. Like to him, it was nothing. Yeah. But after he, Sal puts it to him and is like, dude, what is going on? He goes, okay, fine. I'll tell you the whole story. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> he said back in the 90s when I bought this house, there was no guest house there. It used to just be these huge stone steps down to the patio and pool. And I bought this house from this guy who was weird. He said, um, back then you were like not only in touch with the realtor a lot, but he was in touch with the guy who he was actually buying it from. And this dude had recently went through a, like a terrible long divorce. He had hired a realtor and then started a relationship with her. And it was just like a whole lot of mess. Just a debacle. Yes. Furthermore, this dude had recently moved in his elderly mother into the home. He has a super old lady living there. And so Sal's friend, in all of his interactions with this dude, just said he acted hella sus. He was always in a rush. He would just like say weird things, uncomfortable things. A lot of the times, he was like the definition of TMI. Like he would just tell things about his life. And even though he just started hooking up with his realtor and hired her, they were beefing hella, like fighting constantly. So there's all this tension. Hmm. Now the mom, the elderly mom who moved in, super recluse. He said he never saw her. Dude, this lady knows his grandpa, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I get it now. (laughs) No, I wish. In the middle of closing the deal where Sal's friend is buying this home, the mother dies. They Any f- reason? They we know? find her body at the bottom of the staircase. The stone? The stone oh. staircase. Mm. Right where the guest house now sits. Hmm. Assuming that she just fell? That's the story. No. So, Sal's friend buys the house, doesn't care, whatever demolishes the staircase and puts a guest house right over that spot. And just over the years, mad people have experienced things in that house. 
So eventually Sal moved out. <laughs> he was like, dude, like the vibes there, you could feel it. His theory or his thoughts on it, and he wants to know ours as well. He thinks, or he's like, just thinking about it, talking to my friend, it's possible that the mom was unhappy with her son's situation, whether that be the affair, divorce, the relationship with this new lady, him moving, him selling the house, and she might not have slipped down the stairs. That's what I was thinking. But that she might have been pushed. And her spirit is unhappy that her son, one, murdered her, two, moved, and three, the place where she died is now a guest house with like random people staying in there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And to me, that sounds like a perfectly non-logical, logical explanation. <laughs> like if I had to guess, that would be it. In his words, he says, everything he said is 100% true. He's like, I swear on everything. I read that. I bit. saw that candle lift into the air out of the corner of my eye and get tossed. I heard those noise and there was no one in that house. So I don't know. I tend to, I don't know, benefit of the doubt, but. Yeah. There, if I was in that room with that candle, I'd be dead. Like at that point, it's like the noises maybe I probably wouldn't have like done I mean, anything yeah. about like but at seeing the candle lift up and toss to the ground. Sorry, I spilled, dude. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> Sean just demonstrated on our live <laughs> candle and unknowingly just threw wax all over the table. That would That's still be terrifying though. All cuz G. Anyways, that would be terrifying to see that happen. Yeah, dude. I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm going to move now. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I know we're in a lease and all, but bro, you did not tell me <laughs> this place was haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Back to uh, quality of life. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it'd be worth it. Like the home should be someplace you should be able to relax and have peace of mind you know, from everything else, at least for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you so. got some ghosts just breaking your candles, it's like, I'm not made of money, dog. Yeah, These dude, are expensive. Especially, yeah, especially <laughs> if it was a volcano anthropology, from anthropology candle, come on, <laughs> I'd dude. be swinging like, on the air. Dude. Grandma, <laughs> yeah, that candle's 30 bucks a pop. You're going to find yourself at the bottom of another staircase, Grandma. You break <laughs> another candle. Uh, it was a Glade candle, though. Yeah, uh, okay, right, you're right. chilling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be too pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, Grandma. <laughs> budget shopper <laughs> anyway i like that dude the the way it was told too i'm not sure how he wrote it but he wrote it great cool yeah cool um the suspense dude i felt like i was there him hearing the sounds him waking up to something abnormal is jarring oh yeah so something's can, happening and you're in the middle of it but yeah. you like don't know what's happening yeah your girlfriend is like terrified middle of the night She's shaking. You're like, what the hell is going on? You're waking on? up from a weird dream or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Sal sent a second story. Oh. F- and he says. <sighs> this one's worse. This, this is better. story, this next one, is even crazier, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked. And so I'm about to share it. But not on this episode. Oh! It's going to be our bonus Patreon episode for this week. So if you want to hear it, jump onto our Patreon for $2 a month. You can get an extra story a week, which equals like an extra episode a month. So go to patreon.com, the 3 a.m. pod. Slash the 3 a.m. pod. Slash the 3 a.m. pod if you want to hear this next story. Mm -hmm. Or hit the link in our IG bio. So, yep, yep.
All right. So for those listening, it's going to go to DJ. But for our Patreon people, buckle up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he says, this next story is crazy. This one gave me chills. All right. <laughs> next. Last one to go. Now, last week in our episode, West Desert, we, my story was on finding Satoshi. Ooh. Oh, yeah. The ARG or alternate reality game, Perplex City. So that was a little bit of a precursor to this one. This story that I have isn't a continuation, but exists within the same realm. And this is a story that all three of us know and we've we've known about for a while now. And it's still something that's really just kind of existed on the internet. Like it's never made big news headlines at all. I don't think I've met anyone in real life who has known about this. It's not like that's I talk true. about this a lot, but... Anytime I've ever brought it up, I'm the only one who knows about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you have to be like deep cut internet kid yeah to hear this story. yeah a little bit of a loser as they <laughs> say <laughs> yeah um, so this story begins on january 4th 2012 hmm. and it starts on the notorious 4chan hey. <laughs> simply put it's just an image board people can post any type of content on there and it's all anonymous you don't create an account it's it's all anonymous. Can I give a little background on 4chan too? Sure. This is going to be pretty, whatever. Extensive? 4chan is a super interesting site on the internet. Where like DJ said, it's just basically you post things anonymously and they can be as stupid as memes. Which most of the time it is. Most of the time it is. Yeah, like 4chan gets a lot of flack. <laughs> and for the kind of... The content. Yeah. <laughs> so 4chan has a reputation that they earn full-heartedly of posting like unadulterated, the darkest humor, the most racist, mean, sexist, just like there's literally no limits Mm -hmm. besides like child pornography, right? Yeah. That's what 4chan is. But there was this period in time in like the early 2000s where a community formed on 4chan of hackers and just a network formed that I don't fully understand. There was like a hidden way of them communicating in like closed chat rooms and things like that. And the group Anonymous was formed. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because when you post on 4chan, you post as Anonymous. So mm-hmm. everyone is Anonymous. We are yeah. all Anonymous. Yeah. Who's the group Anonymous? Just a little background for those. So yeah. Anonymous, it, it's a super interesting group. They've had different iterations. They've had different names. They had branches that break off of them. But essentially, this is so boiled down. Years and years of history that I'm telling you right now. But Anonymous is a group that took it upon itself to enact change. So they would have a cause and they'd go about it. One of the most notorious, what really put them on the map is Anonymous went to war with Scientology, the church. So Scientology, the church, Anonymous viewed as a destructive organization. So they waged war. I'm not saying anything. This is just... (laughs) So anyone who had spoken illy about Scientology previously, supposedly, allegedly, was targeted to the point of kidnap, blackmail, and allegedly, supposedly, murder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you were, well, you're talking about if you're in the church. 
Yeah. Or yeah. anyone who, anyone, because any, yeah. they're like deeply rooted in, in, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So like you could not speak ill of Scientology. Yeah. But especially if you're in church there, if you don't know already, and if you want to go into an internet wormhole, <laughs> then look this stuff up. There are hundreds of cases of people who go missing. This is alleged, you know. Bro, if you leave the church, if you speak ill, there's been reports of black vans pulling up outside your house, vans pulling up outside across the street from your house. The van opens and there's a camera there and men there watching you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One guy said down the street he noticed this huge birdhouse get put up in this yard. Uh. And after a while, he like looked at it and it was an effing camera pointed at his house. Mm -hmm. And all of these supposedly from the Church of Scientology to like flex on you and be like, we are watching you, you know. Mm -hmm. So Anonymous together collectively who met in this chat room, you could call it, this website called 4chan, they go to war with Scientology. Things that I heard, and I'm sure there's way more, but basically they like, they get your IP address, they get your actual address, they blast that out. They like hack your... um, your printer and makes it print like thousands of pages of black ink, just black ink. So it like drains all your printers. They ordered like hundreds of pizzas to all of their sites all the time using their credit card, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that one put them on the map. Since then, they have done other initiatives. You can look into it on your own time. Some people champion them as like true justice and some people view them as like vigilante terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of depends on how you feel like justice should be served Mm -hmm. in the digital age, baby. They claim to represent the common folk, regular everyday people, and they've made it to frontline pages, newspapers. Hacker man, known as anonymous. Yeah, they are the original. (laughs) They are hacker man, you know, honestly, uh, before hacker man was a meme, you know. But yeah, anonymous, they usually, uh, and these attacks all come virtually. It's never like, actual warfare like f- physical yeah um like militaristic nothing like that can i tell one more example i just sure. thought of yeah 2016 elections trump is elected shia labeouf starts doing this public performance where he sets up a camera in new york city and he stands in front of this camera for hours and hours and hours chanting he will not divide us um he leaves that camera up it goes up he sets up another camera at an unknown location and he puts there's a plaque that says he will not divide us and there might be a flag in the in the mm-hmm. picture 4chan hears about this thinks it's hilarious and okay so if you were to describe 4chan they are chaotic good sometimes chaotic evil sometimes right so it's like but some, always chaotic but always chaotic so sometimes they just want to watch the world burn so they think this is so funny and they're like let's take this mofo down <laughs> So they all get together and through the power of autism. (laughs) No hate on autistic people. I jokes. It might be the next step in the evolutionary, whatever. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say I'm on that spectrum for sure. We are all on the spectrum. Anyway, they see in this grainy live footage way off in the distance, a star constellation with that. And maybe a couple other... Th- they, like, take pictures of the inside of the building. They get the floor plans, the type of wood, what kind of structure this is. Those structures are only built in this part of North America, in this part. They tr- they get it down to the state, down to, like, the town. 
or the the county using all these little bits of information. That type of extension cord is sold in like Home Depots and you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so all of them are just working on this. Yeah. It's really just a bunch of armchair detectives. With their freaking mechanical keyboards. Clicking, clacking keyboards. with your cherry MXs. Yeah. And it gets to the point where they get it down to the county. They get people in that town to start driving around and coordinate and systematically honk their horns. The second they can hear a honk, they note it. It's like a Taken 2, is it? I don't or know. Or have you seen that? Taken 2? Like he's talking to his daughter who's kidnapped and he like has her steal a grenade from one of the terrorists and throws it and he like counts after the explosion from talking on the phone. And he's like, okay, you're 3.5 miles away and then like draws it on the map, you know? Mm-hmm. So similar to that, <laughs> if you've seen Taken 2. Some Liam Neeson shit <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Have another person drive, honk their horn. Second, they can hear that on the live stream. Pause. Through doing this, they triangulate where it is, find where it is, and shut it down. They take it down. (laughs) And it's like, what they actually did, whatever, who cares? But if you understand the coordination and execution of an operation like that, it's terrifying. And it should tell you exactly how powerful they can be if they Mm -hmm. want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that is. So is 4chan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is 4chan. And, and that's just the surface, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 4chan is the home base of this story that I have today. So it takes place on January 4th, 2012. And it begins with, like all posts, an anonymous post um, of a image. This image has about a paragraph's worth of information. Simple. Nothing to it besides just text. a blank. Yeah, besides text. And it says, hello, we are looking for highly intelligent individuals. To find them, we have devised a test. There's a message hidden in this image. Find it and it will lead you on the road to finding us. We look forward to meeting the few that will make it all the way through. Good luck. And it's signed 3301. Let me know how fast you would be, you would fail this test. <laughs> I've already failed this yeah. test. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, keep scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> like, this keep, one's not funny, guys. Yeah, I report this image. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this message was the beginning of one of the internet's most interesting, fascinating, cryptic, layered. Mysteries. Worldwide. Onions. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is known as Cicada 3301. So within minutes of this post uh, surfacing on 4chan, and the way 4chan works, their algorithm is, it's all sorted by, uh, uh, yeah, it's sorted chronologically. And for each reply, it's like old school forums. I don't know if you were on any forums ever before the days of social media if a thread got a comment it would get bumped to the top ah. oh yeah 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 so minutes after this is posted it's starting to to gain traction it's pretty intriguing it is intriguing and again it says that there's a, a message hidden in this image in this text image so these 
armchair detectives, like we mentioned earlier, are trying to work through this, trying to find uh, this, this hidden message. And somebody found that by opening this image in a text editor, a string of readable text could be found. And it was basically a cipher that once deciphered appeared as a link to, to another image. I'm out. I'm, I'm also out. <laughs> yeah. So they're opening this image in another like text editing application and there are hidden messages and they decipher it and it gives them a link to image number two. Image number two is just a picture of a duck with some text. It says, whoops, just decoys this way. Looks like you can't guess how to get the message out. So seemingly at first, it's dead end. Mm -hmm. But somebody isn't satisfied with that. And from there, um, they used an app called OutGuess. It's a separate application and... It's basically an advanced steganography tool. Uh, for those who don't know, can you explain to them what that means? Yeah, steganography <laughs> is when an What's image, up, an <laughs> image or message is hidden in another image or message. Hmm. So, for example, the first one I, that I think of off the top of my head is that one person who was kidnapped by another country. And they blinked. And they blinked while they were giving like a speech. Morse code. And they were blinking Morse code that they were captured and to rescue me. Do you know what they were blinking? It's chilling. What is it again? So they're sitting there and they're like, we are being treated well. We are being fed. And with their eyes, they spell out T-O-R-T-U-R-E. Mm -hmm. And from there, the U.S. sent, sent in a special ops team to rescue them. Yeah. But yeah, that's like a, a video examples of steganography. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a hidden message within the overall message. Mm -hmm. So this picture of the duck and the text saying, whoops, just decoys this way. Looks like you can't guess how to get the message out. Somebody has an app called OutGuess that you can download yourself. It's free. And... They upload that image to OutGuess. They find more hidden information within that image, extracted it. That new info included codes as well as a link to a subreddit. The subreddit spoke of a book that when used in conjunction with the aforementioned codes gave you a string of letters that read new information. So basically, they get the image, throw it in the app, they extract new information. How does the app extract the information? Do you know anything about how no, that works? Okay. I don't. I'm sorry. And the, the story is more important than that little aspect. Gotcha. So, but it gives them codes, a link to a subreddit. Subreddit gives them a book. And within the book, they use the codes to draw certain letters from different pages, different chapters. And it comes out to a string of, uh, of a new message. And basically, it says, call us at this U.S. telephone number, 214-390-9608. At this point, if you're one of these internet nerds and you're finding out this information, would you call? Wow. Hells yes, brother. I think also, all three yes. of us would. Yeah. But I, I would be like second? Neo, and I would follow the rabbit down the mm, hole, dude. I like that. 100%. I think all of us would. That's mm. us naturally. But what... Like, why wouldn't you? What are some, like, second thoughts that you would have? Uh, nothing is scary to me about calling at this point. Same. Like, the, 
you couldn't solve before calling. Like if they track you or whatever, you could, yeah. you could do something about. I might not call from my personal phone. Right. I am a little bit suspicious and wary, so I could potentially go to a pay phone, public phone, something. Borrow sure. a phone. I like that. I like that. So you can call this number, and when you do, this is the message that you hear. <gasps> Very good. You have done well. There are three prime numbers associated with the original final dot JPEG image. 3301 is one of them. You will have to find the other two. Multiply all three of these numbers together and add a dot com on the end to find the next step. Good luck. Goodbye. So it says when you call the number, the message tells you on the original image that they posted on 4chan, there's three prime numbers. One of them is their signature, 3301. Find out the other two, multiply them, add a .com, and that'll take you to the next step. So people are backtracking, opening the original message, and... You okay? I, yeah. I'm just waiting for more information. Oh. Do you know this? <laughs> you don't know this? I, I haven't heard past this... The recording. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dope. Okay, I'm, I'm stoked. So the numbers that they find is basically the dimensions of the image, the height and the width. So they get the, both of those numbers, multiply it with 3301, add .com, and it takes them to a website where there's an image of a cicada and a countdown clock. So what is a cicada, Sean? They're these bugs that are hella loud. It looks like a moth. Mm -hmm. It's like a cross between a moth and a locust looking, and then they shed like their skin and just leave their skin all over everything. Ugh. It's gross, dude. Don't they only come out like once every like 10 years or I something? Think it's 17 years. Well, like you'll have like small groups of them mm -hmm. every year, but like there's like those years where there's like one big, like, I don't know, migration huge or amounts come out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's an image of a cicada and a countdown clock. So at this point, you know, it's making its rounds on the internet. And some people are really into it, trying to chase this down, trying to solve it. Some people, it doesn't interest them at all. They think it's just some troll who's leading people on a wild goose chase. Nonetheless, it's making waves and getting attention. There's still like a community like helping, working together at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. People are talking, trying to find the answers. So they find the website, countdown clock. There's not much they can do. They wait. When the countdown clock hits zero, the website was updated, and the image of the cicada was still there, but there in the update was a list of coordinates. And there were 14 locations coming from Russia, Japan, Spain, Poland, France, South Korea, Australia, and multiple states across the U.S., from the east to the west coast, even further to Hawaii. And underneath the coordinates, it says, find our symbol at the location nearest you. So at this point, to me, it's exciting because up until now, it's just been online. People are doing this from their couches, from their phones. But now it's Pokemon Go, and you have to go out of your house and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like before this... I think it wouldn't be crazy to say, you know, this is just the work of one person 
who just had an elaborate true kind of hoax but now it's like worldwide so people worldwide are worldwide coordination mm-hmm, yeah. people are yeah going to these specific coordinates and when they arrive they find a poster with a cicada and a qr code and it's just been like wheat pasted up right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of them are just like taped to a wall you know but when you follow this qr code this takes you to another image the image contained additional codes and a riddle that led to a book another one and Again, when used in conjunction with the codes, it reveals another unique link. This link, however, was different from the others, as it was only accessible by the first few people who were pioneering this, after which it was close to everyone else with a message that read, we want the best, not the followers. So only the first few people who are at the forefront of this investigation are accepted. Everyone else, they're all followers, you know. So the finalists that did make it were warned through a message not to collaborate with others as well as not to share the details of the final stage. A month after the original image dropped on 4chan, another image was posted to the subreddit. From the same user, right? mm Mm-hmm. That read, Hello, we have now found the individuals we sought. Thus, our month-long journey ends. For now, thank you for your dedication and effort. If you were unable to complete the test or did not receive an email, do not despair. There will be more opportunities like this one. Thank you all. 3301. P.S. And then a long string of numbers. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Any thoughts so far? It's an Ottendorf cipher. It's a what? Sorry, that was from National Treasure. Oh. <laughs> Valley, Valley Forge. Val- Valley Frog? <laughs> the L's and E's are doubles. <laughs> Can I tell you how my journey would go? Shoot. So I'd see the image and I'd think, okay, I got this. Oh, damn it. I tried to crack my fingers into the mic. I'd grab the image, drag it to MS Paint, drop it into paint, grab the bucket tool, fill it in with some colors. <laughs> and after analyzing it, I would quit. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> so. This month-long, almost goose chase is done, and there's no word on when there would be that other chance for more people. A year later, on the, on the dot, January 4th, 2013, another image was posted. Keep in mind, whoever is heading this whole operation, they had the foresight to include an authentication code on all of their um, clues, these codes are called PGP signatures. They're basically like blue checks or like verifications. So you know that they're coming from the same source every time. I'm sure there's a bunch of trolls who are trying to like send fake, fake stuff out there. Yeah. Because it was a simple text-based image. Anybody can create something similar and post and mislead other people because that's part of the internet nowadays. So, yeah. But a year later, January 4th, 2013, another image was posted with a coordinating PGB, PGP signature. So everyone's like, Cicada 3301's broken their silence. They're back. Um, Puzzle 2 was now in motion. This image was similar to the first in which they say, hello again. Our search for intelligent individuals now continues. The first clue is hidden within this image. Find it and it will lead you on the road to finding us. 
We look forward to meeting the few that make it all the way through. Good luck, 3301. It was much like the first process. So the image was put into outguess again, gave them codes and a message, led to another book, use it with the codes, except this time it gave you a link to a Dropbox. And in the Dropbox, they had a open download. And when you download it, it's a song. And if you listen to it, it's just kind of like this distorted guitar. And it sounds kind of funky because I believe it's all reversed. But there's no lyrics, no words from what I remember. To this day, they haven't found... They found clues within it, but nothing that was super outstanding. Um, So that was kind of a dead end. But they did find a Twitter that was similar to all the messages that they've put out. This Twitter posted a key of different hieroglyph, hieroglyphs, hieroglyphics, Mm -hmm. um, runes um, that really didn't mean anything either. But it felt important because that was also just a new piece of information. The Twitter also posted more clues that led to another worldwide scavenger hunt with more coordinates, more posters and locations with QR codes that led to people who would go along that, they would receive more information. And it all kind of fizzled out again. They didn't hear anything really from Cicada 3301 until another year later. January 4th, 2014, they commenced another puzzle. Similar process, codes, images, books. It led to an online book called The Liber Primus, which was written by 3301. Hmm. 3301 wrote this book, and inside of it were all of the hieroglyphics, all the runes from the previous key they posted on that Twitter. So now people could use that together, and from that entire book, a myriad of clues, and it, it seems like it's just getting more and more complicated. So I don't know if that makes people lose interest or makes people more interested and and keep going but it, it's still very much a thing so people are finding things in the book and there's a lot of unanswered questions still but they are not hearing anything from 3301 so people are thinking i feel like we have to we feel like we have to solve everything in the book before they move on to the next step mm-hmm. they don't hear anything for two years in which 3301 posts Hello, the path lies empty. Epiphany seeks the devoted. Liber primus is the way. Its words are the map. Their meaning is the road. And the numbers are the direction. Seek and you will be found. Good luck, 3301. Beware false paths. That's what they leave at the very end. So that confirmed everybody's suspicion that we have to keep working on this book. Solve the puzzles, solve the answers, riddles. Until this day, it's still... It's still going on. So that's puzzle three. It's still ongoing. And that was kind of the last that we've heard. However, people who made it through, like the first people. I was going to say, at this point, that's everything we know. Mm -hmm. This is the very last bit. But the people who were first in solving all these things, they were contacted individually by 3301. And they received an email in which at the top it says, do not share this information, which is interesting because of something I'll reveal in that email later on. 
basically it's it's kind of a long email. The gist of it is saying, congratulations, your month of testing has come to an end. Out of the thousands who attempted it, you are one of only a few who have succeeded. There's one last step that they have. They say, you've all wondered who we are. We're going to tell you now who we are. Um, They say that they're an international group. We have no name. We have no symbol. We have no membership rosters. We do not have a public website, and we do not advertise ourselves. We are a group of individuals who have proven ourselves much like you have by completing this recruitment contest. And we are drowned together by common beliefs. A careful reading of the texts used in the contest would have revealed some of these beliefs, that tyranny and oppression of any kind must end, that censorship is wrong, and that privacy is an inalienable right. Not a hacker group. If you're engaged in illegal activity, we ask that you cease any and all illegal activities or decline membership at this time. We will not ask questions if you decline. However, if you lie to us, we will find out. Uh, You're undoubtedly wondering what it is that we do. We're much like a think tank and that our primary focus is on researching and developing techniques to aid the ideas we have undoubtedly heard of a few of our past projects. And if you choose to accept membership, we are happy to have you on board to help with future projects. Please reply, and this is the last step, please reply to this email with the answers to the next few questions to continue. And there are only three questions. One, do you believe that every human being has a right to privacy and anonymity and is within their rights to use tools which help obtain and maintain privacy, cache strong encryption, anonymity software, etc.? Two, do you believe that information should be free? Three, do you believe that censorship harms humanity? Some of these are conflicting. We have this email, so it leaked. That's what I was going to say. But yeah, like, at this who, point, it's speculation, though. Yeah. Is this real? Mm-hmm. Is this, was that really what they received? Mm-hmm. Does it have another PCP like the other ones? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. Yeah. After they ask the questions, though, they say, we look forward to hearing from you. But... To me, the first time I found out about this, it blew my mind that, you know, this was a thing. Mm-hmm. Upon further research, this isn't the first thing like this that's happened. There have been other things that big corporations have done. Even the announcement of the video game Halo 2 had something similar to this to reveal, like, the release. Mm-hmm. To, that was their announcement for people to figure out online and yeah. do all these different puzzles and riddles and just these cryptic different messages and games for them to to learn information. But there was no commercial release or press reveal to show that this was for a, a product or a service. You know? mm-hmm. um, at this point, it's all speculation, like you said. Is this email Legit. legitimate? What actually is this entire thing? Is, there, is it a recruitment for what? Some people think it's a recruitment for the CIA. Great Britain has done something similar with their uh, investigation unit. MI6? Um, the GCHQ. But to scout and recruit agents, they did a like a game like this. But Men in Black mm-hmm. did it. Aliens, bro. <laughs> we'll post um, one of our favorite YouTube videos. There's a YouTube channel called Let Me Know, and they did an entire video essay of Cicada 3301. I'm sure we'll post some of the images too. 
to our Instagram, but uh, we'll also link this YouTube video essay. They do a really great job of outlining this entire thing. Tight. But if yeah. you, uh, if this kind of stuff intrigues you and you're a, a fan of 3AM, if you're a listener, then uh, let us know. Yep. That's it. Oh, okay. You'll be contacted. <laughs> anyway. We'll, we'll be in touch. But this is, this is something that's fascinated all of us, like Dude, I mentioned puzzles? before, mm-hmm. treasure hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the know. idea that there's something more, there's something out there mm-hmm. is very enticing. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I think uh, just discovery, the process of discovery, yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorite feelings and processes. Um, it's just so fun to find something new mm-hmm. and be one of the first people on it. Totally. I agree. So, yeah. Thank you for that. That was an awesome. Sorry. Kind of strung out. It's a, like I said, it's a lot of information, but. Uh, no, dude, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. Don't. It also feels a little Black Mirror-ish. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Dude, life feels a little Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Especially right now, dog. <laughs> Wild. Anything else? Speaking of discoveries. Last week, I told you guys and showed you that thing I found in the forest. Yeah, dude. Yes. So, last week I decided to go back. Was it still there? And I'm going to show you what I saw and what I experienced. Oh, shit. So, if you don't remember, go listen to that episode. And as I told you guys that, I showed you the video. And then we like were wrapping it up. And DJ said, what if you went back and it was gone? And I was like, that would be crazy. So, I, I wanted to go back to show like better footage and maybe do like Instagram live. But when I was down there, my freaking reception, gone. So I had to like crawl out to like call people and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's like what I saw from the path. And this is where it was all around here. I tried looking for the bones. I didn't really see anything and then I saw something over here. wonder why they knocked it down. You can see where they had dug out something. And now it's completely obliterated. All right, that's it. <laughs> Tell them. Okay, so to sum it up, I go back. I'm like, going to get better footage. And I start to walk up to the bushes, and I don't see the outline of the structure, and I just... I start laughing. I what I honestly did is I laughed. I like crouched down and I called DJ immediately and I was like, "Dude, I'm back at the hut and I don't see the mother effort." And he's like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, man." So I go through the bushes and it's completely obliterated. Like it is scattered. I don't know. So it's it's not there anymore. It looks like someone knocked it all down or something. No idea. The it's- stuff that was inside is all gone except for one bone I found. Mm -hmm. yeah it's i would just this is me being skeptical it's probably just some kids somebody fooling around and then yeah there's nothing really to the story at all 100 percent. but it's fun to entertain because it's what if they knew you got there and they're they're thinking this person found our joint and we can get rid of it you know well it's like the the catacombs remember we talked about that like the bar 
and the movie theater in on the underground catacombs of Paris. This is like, yeah, I don't know. I a hundred percent. If you had, to, if you asked me what I actually think that is happening, homeless person or kids made this weird structure. Thought it was cool to collect all these bones and put it in there. It's a little weird. The weird part about it is, to me, I literally was walking on the path, and I cannot explain why, but over my left shoulder, it was like, look here. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that was. And then how you were like, that would be funny if it was gone. And like, that's what effing happened. I was like, this is stupid. I don't know. It's just like, it was too perfect. I was like, this is weird. So I don't know. Yeah. 100%. It's probably most likely nothing, but it's just fun. Like entertaining it. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Anyway, wow. thanks for the update, dude. Tonight's fun. Yeah, uh, this was a lengthy episode. It's been a while, so we hope you enjoyed it. We did. Anything else before we sign off? No, sir. Nope. Good to go. All right. Well, uh, from all of us here at 3 a.m., trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Bye. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so... Submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. 
This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.